When did it happen? What happened? Who did it? Why did they do it? How can this not happen again? Those are the standard questions a journalist seeks to answer and report, like last weekend's shooting at a market in Buffalo and a church in California. As I turned on my microphone, so few answers regarding the shooting of a Taiwanese Presbyterian church in Orange County, California. We do know the late 60s shooter was from Las Vegas. The pastor hit him over the head with a chair as he reloaded one of his guns. Other parishioners hogtied him with an extension cord until police could get there. In Buffalo, a different story. A teenage man using social media, sounding his white nationalist themes, driving a long way, live streaming his carnage. You can point to ideology, but why take lives? Life with the unborn, and born is precious, but the heart is deceitful. Once again, one answer, Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus here on our second day in a program series we're calling Unplanned. Yesterday, we went to Hollywood. We met with the team that brought Abby Johnson's story to life in the new feature film called Unplanned. At first, Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman didn't want to make this movie, but then they prayed about it. We made a mistake because we think we're doing a Western. We had it all planned and everything. We go back to the office and we made the mistake of praying. Lord, I know we're doing a Western. We really want to do a Western. Please, Lord, you know, that's good. Uh, but we, you know, we plan everything. And we're doing a Western, right? Right? <laughs> what I really want you no to answer. do is this. And we're like, oh, man. We read the book and it flattened us. And we just said, wow, this is a mighty work here. This is like biblical. I mean, this is a biblical situation, a biblical time, and a biblical story that can change everything. And, uh, and then he has used it for his glory. So we're okay with that. The Lord changed Carrie and Chuck's heart, just like he changed Abby Johnson's heart about abortion. Well, I was holding the probe on her abdomen uh, so that we could visualize inside mm-hmm. of the uterus. And uh, I saw a 13-week-old baby in the womb. And what I saw during the abortion procedure was shocking because I saw that baby begin to move and recoil and tried to flee from the abortion instruments. And that was something that I didn't believe would happen because I had been told by Planned Parenthood for years. And I had then in turn told women when they had asked that their baby would not feel any pain, that there was no sensory development until 28 weeks, because that was what Planned Parenthood had told me. And I had believed that because I needed to believe it to continue to justify abortion and and my work in abortion. I was shocked. I felt betrayed. I felt like I had been lied to by this organization that I believed in. I knew that, you know, after seeing that abortion, I was going to have to make a decision. Yeah. I knew I couldn't walk out of that room and continue to live the way I'd been living. I knew that that was going to have to be a turning point in my life. And I knew that ultimately the decision was going to have to be that I would leave. That's the real Abby Johnson, who was the youngest Planned Parenthood clinic director in the nation. But as you just heard, what she saw when she witnessed her first abortion procedure, everything changed. Her mind, her heart. After the first song, 
we're going to hear from a pastor whose mom almost aborted him two times. It's a story I want you to hear, especially since this pastor is my assistant's father. And then we'll turn to the scriptures together to see how the Lord is the giver of life and the giver of forgiveness. In Christ, there's redemption for everyone. After the program, I'll invite you to make contact with us. And for your gift to Haven Today, we'll send you a DVD that tells Abby Johnson's story in a profound way. As you heard yesterday, this movie is rated R. It doesn't deserve that rating, but it is definitely not for younger children. It's important, though, for teens and adults to see. Our number for after the program is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. And our web address where you can see the trailer to the movie Unplanned is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Laura's story now on Haven Today with Death Was Arrested. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope with no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began
You're listening to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. This is our second day in a series called Unplanned. We opened with Laura's story in a song from her Open Hands album. The end of last week, we had a pastor visit our studio in Southern California. His daughter happens to be my assistant. And we asked him if he would mind sharing his story with us because it pertains to the series this week. Reverend Dr. Joseph Ibanez. My mom started telling me a story about my life uh, that has marked me for the rest of my life. That when she was three months pregnant, she looked for my dad and uh, told him that she was pregnant. Uh, My dad told her the only way that he would be with her if she had an abortion because he didn't want more kids. My sister and my brother were born um, and didn't want a third child. So my mom agreed to it um, just so she won't be alone. Uh, And then uh, my mom couldn't go through it. He took her to the clinic and she just came back home. So my father literally abandoned her. Uh, She was alone for approximately five months and she couldn't take it no more. She didn't have no food, Uh, uh, you know, just living in the shack in Mexico. And uh, she wanted some type of shelter, some type of provision. So uh, she agreed uh, to go through the abortion. Um, and then when they, my father took her to an illegal clinic and she unrobed and uh, she started seeing the tools that they're going to use to pull me out at, at eight months, uh, she uh, ran out of the illegal clinic naked. Uh, my father got her, started beating her, started yelling at her, started kicking in her stomach, um, uh, socking in her face, uh, and my mom some way got away, uh, of course, by the beating that she received, you know, I came out and my mom fled to the U.S. Well, I received Christ when I was seven years old uh, and I was going to church, but I would always see kids with their father, even in school, you know, drawing pictures of what their father done. And I didn't have a father in my life or even a father figure in my life. So I wanted to know my dad. And since my mom uh, didn't want me to know who my biological father was, uh, she told me the story. And as she was telling me the story, I began to rebel. I began to to leave the church. I began to to drink alcohol, began to to use drugs, began to sexually active. I would run away from home uh, three to four weeks at a time. I went to juvenile hall um, and I just had such a rage within me um, because of the story my mom shared and just, you know, the way things were in my own home. And I rebelled more. And even there was a time where where my mom told me I should have took your life when I had the chance. So it just marked my life. You know, there's there's something that was in me that in my early 20s where I began to miss the Lord. I remember when I was seven, eight, nine, in my early 10s, the Lord would really touch me, would really get a hold of me. I would worship, I would shout, I would praise. And I began to miss the Lord. And the Lord would begin to speak to me and and that I needed to look at Him as my Father. I may not have an earthly father, but I have a heavenly father. And uh, I just got so tired of being tired that I began to cry out to God that I needed him, that if he really existed for him to come into my life, for him to, to, to change me, for him to do a new work in me, and for me to be able to let go of all of the pain, all of the hurt, all of the bitterness I had in me against my father, even against my mother, against life, against myself. You know... As crazy as may sound, 
God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. And life is so precious that if my mother would have taken me out or agreed to what my father wanted back then, I would have missed out on impacting so many people's lives. I'm an ordained minister of the Assemblies of God. Um, I have many years in ministry. We're senior pastors. And the Lord has really surrounded us by a, a body where, where they're hurting, where they have similar stories as I, where, you know, some of them, you know, they were on the verge of getting abortions. And some parents even tell me how they've even aborted kids. And, you know, and now we just have a... a a great opportunity to, to minister into the lives and to share what the Heavenly Father does in, in us, you know, and how there's redemption through Him. My mother received Christ when I was 15. She's been a faithful servant of the Lord since then. My biological father didn't receive Christ to his later years. He passed away a couple of Christmas ago, um, and I was able to share Christ with him, and, and I was able to forgive him before he died. It was the first time that I ever heard my father said, I love you, 45 years old. It's just the Lord has a way of working things out. There is a real enemy after us to kill, steal, and destroy. But I rejoice to know that God has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Joe Ibanez, a pastor in Southern California, not an easy story to share for you, but thanks for coming in and telling it. I'm Charles Morris, and thank you for being with me. This may be obvious to many of you who are listening in today, but let me say it anyway. The Lord is a God of life. It's true about who he is in himself. Paul called him the living God, and he's the only immortal God in his first letter to Timothy. Psalm 90 declares that from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. The living Lord is so full of life that he even extended life to us, his creation. In fact, we can summarize the grand story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation as the triumph of life over the tyranny of death. Let's take a moment to retrace some of that story. And then I want to show you how this is not only important, but it's really good news when it comes to decisions, past or present, related to abortion. You know, it seems that so much of the news I hear today is about how our world is dying. And so it strikes me that when I read Genesis 1, out of a formless void of nothing and lifelessness, the Lord spoke and life began. I need to hear that. And as the Creator continued to speak, life not only multiplied, it amplified. By the end of Genesis 1, you're left with the image of a planet teeming with life in every possible realm, whether land, sea, or sky. And in this lively world, God installed his human representatives, man and woman, created in his image. In fact, we're told in Genesis 2, 7, that it was not until the Lord breathed into his nostrils the breath of life that man became a living creature. We live because God gave us life. But not long after that, the stain of sin and sting of death put a stranglehold upon this earth. 
The man and the woman were cursed. The creation was subjected to futility. Though Adam and Eve conceived and gave birth to the first pair of brothers, Cain and Abel, the one who became the murderer of the other. But even here, in the blood-soaked ground of death, God planted a seed of hope. He promised life. Not just that life would go on in the face of death, but that life would one day conquer it and death would be defeated. That promise has been working itself out ever since. Even though at a hundred years old, Adam and Sarah were as good as dead physically, the Lord gave them a child. And the Lord continued to work out his promise of life in their son Isaac and his son Jacob, who gave God the name Israel. Over time, Israel grew from a family of 12 brothers into a nation of 12 tribes. And when this nation was made slaves in Egypt, the Lord rescued them. When God called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt, he told him in Exodus 3, 6, that he was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Jesus would later quote this verse and reveal a truth about the Lord in Mark 12, 27. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. And because he is the God of the living, he saves his people out of the slavery of sin and death. Now, how about you? Do you sometimes feel trapped? Do your past decisions haunt you like they did this Abby Johnson in the movie and the book and the life story unplanned? If that is you as well, let me just say to you right now, God can deliver you. Let me say it again. God can deliver you. He'll forgive your sins that enslaved you. And he can bring life out of the death that haunts you. How can that be so? Well, let's continue the story. You know, one of my favorite prophecies in all the Bible is Isaiah 25, 7 and 8. On this mountain, God will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Our God is so in favor of life that he promised to swallow up death itself, life's greatest enemy. The people in Isaiah's day looked forward to that day in hope, but you and I can look backward in time when God fulfilled his promise on the cross. And that's where Christ swallowed death with victory. In Jesus' hand, death became the instrument of its own destruction. Death itself died with Christ's final breath. But amazingly, because Christ died for our sin, his death means life for you and for me. His resurrection not only proves it, but put an exclamation point on life. And that's really important for us to grasp. The triumph of life over the tyranny of death. Not something that God does only in the pages of Scripture, but within our individual lives. Another way of saying this is that God writes us into his story of life. So how about you? Would you like to be written into that story? Maybe you think you aren't worthy. Some of your past decisions and actions were on the side of death. Maybe you're listening to me right now and you have had an abortion.
or you pressured someone else to have an abortion. How could God even accept you now? Well, did you know that Paul, the apostle, before he planted churches all across the Roman Empire, tried to destroy the church by killing its members? You must hear what he has to say about God's life-giving forgiveness. He wrote it to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might displace his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Whatever your past is today, whatever difficult decisions you may be facing even today, there is mercy and hope in no one but Jesus. Turn to him. Choose life. Encourage those around you to choose life. And even if abortion is somehow in your past, take heart. Jesus rose from the grave. Not even death could hold him back. And that resurrection life is available to you and to anyone who calls upon the living Christ in faith. In him, life has triumphed over death. God and men were crucified The day the promise won and died It seemed that heaven's love had lost As Jesus hung upon the cross Church Worship, you're on Haven Today and Death of Death. I'm Charles Morris. You know, God is the sole giver of life. And I think the most sobering movie in recent years, Unplanned, reflects this truth. Abby Johnson really thought she was helping women have better lives. But then there was that day after eight years working for Planned Parenthood, when she saw her first abortion performed and her heart and mind were changed forever. It was a rough scene to watch with my wife last weekend. My wife turned her head even as she listened. She didn't sleep much that night. But it's a fair and accurate portrayal of what happens during an abortion. Unplanned is a true story of love, hope, and even 
redemption. In 85 years, we've never offered an R-rated movie. And we're doing so after much discussion and a whole lot of prayer. The rating, I believe, shows Hollywood's bias and desire to squash the film. But I know it will help you see the humanity in the unborn child. And through Abby Johnson's personal and true story, healing, forgiveness, available from the Lord to everyone who's been affected by abortion. We ask for you to decide, not the culture you live in. And the number to call is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. On our website, we've put up the trailer for the movie, and you can get the DVD that way. Our web address is Haven Today. Dot org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. A special thanks to Reverend Joe Ibanez for sharing his story of abortion and redemption with us today. Won't you come back again on the program tomorrow? And again, we'll be sharing together the great story about life in Jesus. And we'll do it together here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Something that we tend to forget when we're in deep pain is the word blessed. Tears blur our eyes to reality sometimes, but that's exactly the word Jesus used to describe the mourners in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mourning can be deeply personal, but it also happens in community. When we weep, he weeps, yet our weeping isn't pointless or vain. The promise is clear. We will be comforted. And because comfort is ours in him, so is our blessing. We weep now, and the tears might flow forever. But in our grief, he is there. Through our pain, Christ's comfort finds a way to heal. Get Anchor devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.